This is Mike, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Signal to Noise podcast. You can check us out online at signaltonoise.fm. That's all spelled out, no numbers, nothing fancy there. Just signaltonoise.fm. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about making music on the iPad. Um, I'm a big fan of Apple. I've been using Apple products for a while now, and I think the iOS is a platform that is becoming very viable uh, for musicians. So that's going to be the feature of this episode, but first let's talk about the news here. So um, last episode, I think it was last episode or the episode before, I talked about something Digitech put out called the IPB10. The um, It's a pedal board they have where your iPad is going to be uh, powering the device. So I haven't gotten to try one of those yet, but I did download the app because the app is free and it tells you flat out that it's going to be limited um, limited um, functionality, so I haven't tried to plug it in anything yet. But let me tell you, it looks sweet. It's really awesome. I love the effects pedals. I love the way that they look. It feels visually. I know it feels visually doesn't make sense, but um, I'm rolling. Work with me on this one. So it feels visually like an old um, old pedal board. Like um, what was the one I checked out? The the FX25, the envelope filter the DoD had. I have two different ones of those and it was very just again from the visual feel of things very similar to to that um to to that pedal style so i think that they're onto something here it's gonna be interesting i'm gonna try and mess around with it with my um irig interface and see if i can get any sounds out of it we'll see we'll see i don't, I don't know how far we're gonna be able to get but it'll be interesting to see for a free app if nothing else it looks great and it's definitely a conversation piece <clears throat> all right so also up in the news here um one thing I want to talk about coming up next month, November is National Album Writing Month, or I guess National Solo Album Writing Month. There's a couple of these, um, I guess, that go on a year. But I wanted to call this out and um, say to any of the listeners, if you decide to take part in this and you'd like to send in some of your tracks for us to play here on the uh, show, I would love to play them. If you'd like more information on the National Solo Album Month or Writing Month, whatever uh, we're calling it here, it is www. N-A-S-O-A-L-M-O dot org, O-R-G. So, um, that is a heck of a acronym. I just ser- searched, I think I just searched like National Album Writing Month and came up with a couple different things, but it's out there for the Solo Album Writing Month. So they have like uh, some, some rules and things to, to go on. This is a neat thing. November seems to be National Everything Writing Month. I think it was um, Novel Writing Month and a few other things. There's um, there's a 24-hour comic book day, if you guys aren't aware of it, uh, where people try to write a full comic book in 24 hours solid, like without stopping, those sort of things. So there's all kinds of challenges like that. 
I like to see these sort of things because sometimes it's just a good way to get the juices flowing creatively. So um, I hope that you will consider taking part of it. I think I'm going to try and challenge myself to do that next month. And part of that challenge for me is going to be using the iPad as a vehicle to write those sort of things. So I think it's going to be kind of neat. All right. So also in the news here or just some, you know, kind of on the gear front, some interesting things I picked up. I picked up a magazine called Guitar Rigs of the Stars put out by Guitar Player. And I want to talk about it since it's kind of what I want to do with this show here. Um, they take different artists and they break out their rig and they break out what they're using as far as their guitars, their their effects, their amplifiers, and they break it down for you and say, hey, if you want to sound like this guy, here's what their rig is, here's what it would cost. Um, it looks like they use street price for most of the cost, but some of these high-end rigs, I, I appreciate where they're coming here. They have a high-end rig and then an affordable rig. So, for example, look at Orathani. Her high-end rig is uh, 12 grand. Her affordable rig is about three grand. Um, I'll tell you the one that just didn't sit well with me here, and I was flipping through to find it. As I'm looking at a lot of these rigs and a lot of these artists, I'm like, okay, yeah, these all seem viable. They seem, you know, like for me, from what I know of some of these artists, what these guys would play. But the one that bothered me was Dimebag. Um, so if you guys listen to my very first episode, you know I'm a big fan of Dimebag. And you know that I also greatly respect and appreciate what the Dean Company has done for Dimebag. So this is in no way slighted towards Dean at all, because I, I love what Dean's doing. But the uh, rig that was built here by Guitar Player features the uh, Dime Razorback guitar, which is a great guitar, and features Dime amplification. Um, so I guess if you're looking for Dime sound, that would definitely be one way to get it. But the Razorback threw me off, because Dime never got to play one of those. He really didn't. Now, what I like on the other page is uh, Dean has a full-page ad featuring a jet black, gorgeous-looking Dean ML with a uh, Floyd Rose tremolo on it. And that would definitely be something that Dime would have played. So if you're looking for what Dime would have played, go for a Dean ML, uh, customize it, trick it out your own way. And um, that's kind of what's going on. So those are just kind of the, um, the quick news items that I had there. Um, and speaking of the dime stuff, I saw uh, somebody had one of the uh, the dime amplifiers on sale, and I'm really, really kicking around with those, one of the small combos, because um, I love what Dean has done with the dime bag line. Um, I really do think it's a great thing they do there. But anyway, so that's by Guitar Player, interesting magazine. Might want to check it out if you're um, just you know a gearhead trying to trying to look for different sounds or kind of find out who your favorite um, <clears throat> artists are or what your favorite artists are playing. So it's kind of neat. All right. So next up, let's talk about what's going on with the um, uh, the Iron City Rocks family here. So. John over at Iron City Rocks just released episode 128, and I want to make sure everybody knows about that episode and goes over to ironcityrocks.com and checks that episode out because it is um, it's for the Strength in Numbers Project, which benefits St. Jude's Research Hospitals for Children. Uh, so that's a great cause there, and uh, we definitely want to make sure that we're supporting that. So please go to ironcityrocks.com and check out episode 128. John has been very busy again lately because he has also written an article for um, also written an article for guitarworld.com uh, featuring Mark Anthony of the band The Letter Black. If you want to check that out, just go to guitarworld.com. There's a little internal search on their site in that little search bar if you just type in Mark Anthony 
you're going to find his interview. It's the first one that John did. Uh, so again, nice job with that interview. The first one that John did for Guitar World was the Nick Katniss interview. So please make sure you read that if you haven't checked that out either. And then our other sister podcast, Radioactive Metal, they have their latest interview up with Chuck Beebe. Chuck Beebe is a comic book artist. He's been uh, writing the, I guess, drawing, drawing and writing, I think, the uh, Black Metal series of comic books. Um, or graphic novels, rather. So they had him back on to talk about that. That's episode 183. And of course, don't forget to check out Radioactive Metal's Facebook page, facebook.com slash radmetal, um, where we know that Snowy, one of the hosts on that show, has his horror movie challenge going on. We're probably about halfway through right now. Um, John, over at Iron City Rocks, has actually kind of picked up the um, the gauntlet here that Snowy has thrown down, and he's trying to do his own challenge, and John's been posting his horror movies over there as he goes. So if you guys are listening and trying to take part in the 31 horror movies in Halloween or during the month of October here, um, you know, go over, check that out, post them, get some uh, action going on the Radioactive Metal Facebook page, because it's really a good time to uh, talk about the sort of things and interact. All right, so enough of that. Um, now, let's get into our next segment here, where we start to talk about the iPad. Right, so let's get into talking about the iPad here. So, how this whole episode came about um, was I was talking to, um, well, I, I guess we'll, we'll back up here a little bit. Um, we've been using iPads where I work, and I've been getting to do a lot more with those, and I've been, you know, kind of um, trying to get everybody on board with using the iPads, and, and been the kind of the point person there for just how things go and so of course if I have an iPad at work I'm going to put GarageBand on it and so I did and so I've been using GarageBand um, on the iPad and um, one of the guys I work with Mike I uh, convinced him to also download GarageBand um, on his iPad and I kind of gave a brief tutorial about it and kind of put him in the right direction and um, after three weeks of him playing around with it, he's the one who really got me thinking about, you know, I should talk about the iPad today because um, Mike is somebody who definitely has musical ability. He can carry a tune. He's a good singer. And um, but he's never really been an instrumentalist. You know, we could plunk plunk out a melody on, on a piano if he needed to, but never really had the outlet for composing. And it's been interesting for me to watch the um, the advent of him as a composer or the growth of him as a composer here. And the song that you just heard coming into the segment was a song that he wrote that um, right now he's calling Mellow Chowder because I've been pushing him for song names because um, he really doesn't have any and that's kind of the dangers of using GarageBand, those sort of things. But um, he's um, he's got the song here, it's Mellow Chowder, which you guys heard coming from the break. And it's really 
it's it's really it's it's a good tune. It's a catchy tune. And it's fascinating to me how much you can really do with the iPad. So I sat down with Mike to actually talk about his experience on the iPad and talk about it from the perspective of the non-instrumentalist. Because I don't want to say non-musician, because again, he's a good singer. Um, he can definitely carry a tune. He's got a great sense of melody, um, as well as a really good sense of humor. You're going to hear us maybe kind of laugh a little bit or crack up. It's hard for us to stay serious. Because, man, when we're at work together, we have a really, really good time, which makes the workday go much, much faster. Um, so without any further ado, uh, we're going to listen to another one of Mike's songs, and they get into the, um, the conversation that Mike and I had. gentlemen uh, i'd like to welcome to our show today uh mike mike is a guy that i work with here and um long story short i've turned him on to using GarageBand on the ios and i thought he'd be a very good guest for the show because while he does have musical experience he's not an instrumentalist so this has been a new experience for him to compose um music on you know on a garage band um on an ios device so mike how you doing tonight i'm wonderful that's good that's good you're right we should have done this over the phone um <laughs> This is one of my first face-to-face -face interviews like this, so it's been kind of fun. So, Mike, um, tell me a little bit about your musical background. Um, musical background has been me just playing my vocal chords. Um, you know, <laughs> I've, you know, I've uh, sung in choir, of course, yeah. uh, in high school. Uh, I sang in a, in a band in high school and in a church choir and, and things like that. But um, other than that, I mean, I've had no... Um, uh, you know, exposure, I guess, to you know, instrumental music. Okay. You know? Um, even though I might have fooled around on a piano every once in yeah, a while, yeah. but other than that, nothing. And so, how would you say then that using GarageBand for the first time has been for you? Well, that's that's the amazing part. Um, there, I, I know there was other music software out there you know that I I wanted to do because you know I, I thought it would be neat to mess around with but it was just so darn complicated um, soon as I got GarageBand and just took a look at it I mean just with the autoplay feature of all the of all the smart instruments on here I was able to start putting things together and while they might be extremely simple in nature to me, it was like writing, a, you know, a symphony. I, you know, I probably felt like Beethoven, you know, when he composed one of his first symphonies. Like this is great, and um, and uh, after you do the first simple one, you think, now, oh, oh, what else can I do, you know? And it wasn't long then before I started branching off. And okay, well, you know what, this autoplay thing is cool, but what can I do on my own? And I found out that I can do more than I thought I could ever do. Because you actually did play a couple of melody lines in, in the the song that you wrote, right? <clears throat> in the one that I sent you, yeah, yeah. I, I played, uh, I played, uh, uh, I had the electric piano in there twice. One's okay. an autoplay just to get the, uh, um, the particular rhythm and, okay. and stuff that it was the, that it was uh, putting out. And then I did just a very simple, uh, a very simple melody in there. Now, um, I've done, an, I did another one. Maybe I should have sent you that one, but. Um, I did another one where I did an, uh, just a guitar line, you know, that I played um, separately, um, and then um, 
I'd also done the uh, the separate, separate drum track on that, which then you helped me to realize that I could have done it all by right. myself. Um, and uh, uh, and then came to the realization through that that hey, I may not be the most coordinated person in the world <laughs> uh, when it comes to um, putting down you know the uh, uh, you know, the percussion end of it. But I realized then I could slow down the tempo, put in what I want, and then bring it back up to the tempo I wanted it to be in. And it sounds like I am the greatest musician on the face of the earth. <laughs> See, and that's why I like GarageBand and just digital creation in general. Um, <clears throat> so, where was, I just, where was I just going with this? Um, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. The yeah. fact of the matter is, is that you don't need a whole lot of of uh, training, I guess, to pick this application up and start using it. Um, as long as you have a little bit of an ear for music, you know, um, you can really just start taking off. And like I said, it's just it starts out with just fooling around, and then as you fool around, you start saying, "Hey, that sounds pretty good. What can I do with it?" And then you realize all these things. And and that's the other part for me is that there's nothing here I can break. Yeah. So if there's a yeah. control or a knob or something, hey, I'm gonna use it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what it does. And it's just it's just a lot of fun, but then it turns into a lot of, hey, I did that and I wanna do more of it now. And you just remind me of where I wanted to go because <clears throat> You know, I've ha had this conversation before where I've said, as a musician, you tend to meet a lot of, a lot of songwriters. If anyone could see me doing my air quotes, my songwriters <laughs> right now. So, And what I mean by a songwriter is, hey, I write poetry, and boy, I wish somebody could put music to it. You know, And, I mean, we've all come into that because I've, I've attended like the different songwriters clubs that they had like in Nashville when I was down there. And I know we have one locally here in the Pittsburgh area. And... Um, I've said that this really gives you a good a good starting point, and would, would would you say that's that's pretty accurate? Like, would you say if you just had like some words and wanted to try and work out a melody, and make a rough chord progression, could you do that? Oh, absolutely. I, I have no even problem with limited with that. knowledge. Oh yeah, yeah, even with limited knowledge. Right, and and that's what I like about this because then, like on the flip side, like with what I do, um, I use iRig so I can plug in my guitar, so I can actually like get my guitar into there. I have an adapter so I can use um, a microphone on here. I mean, the neat thing about this is while GarageBand makes it very easy for anybody to start making music, and I would also, like, I, I've been wanting to go as far as to say that it's going to introduce people to making music and possibly encourage people to make more music, but it's also a pretty advanced device. I mean, heck, you have more recording power in the iPad than the Beatles had to do the Abbey Road albums, you know? And I really think that, that that's a very important important to keep in mind because, I mean, I've got all the guitar sounds for the guitar amp sounds. You can do microphones. There's different effects there. I mean, sure, it's limited. It's not like using Pro Tools, but there is a lot you can do, and you could do a very decent-sounding recording or just song composition using this device. Well, and to, to you know further what you said, and I, I think I've said this to you before, I started thinking then of... Um, not just my situation, you know, um, and and my reintroduction into making music again, you know, but um, I thought about you know all those budget cuts that are happening in schools, yeah, and the opportunity that is dwindling away for young for young people that 
might want to Absolutely. be a musician. Um, if they're on the fence about whether they want to do it or not, this application is an excellent way for them to say, wow, this is really cool. And of course, you know, if you want a new piece of technology to work right, you give it to a 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, isn't it, you know, when you look at, at this, just this simple little, um, you know, uh, application that just really doesn't look like much on the surface, and you give it to to that to that kid, and and he can start messing around with it, and say, boy, you know what? I really would like to learn how to play the drums, or you know, guitar is a, is a is a pretty cool thing, you know. It it just opens up the world for them, and gives them an opportunity where might not have been one. Absolutely, and that's why that's what I think is uh, really neat about this application. It spans generations. It really um, does, and I mean, it'll take you from beginner all the way through advanced. I mean, you know, I'm going to use this in a different way that you would use it in. Now, um, let, let's let's talk about this because <clears throat> I got you using GarageBand because I I knew I was going to unleash a monster with that, and that that was my whole purpose. So, since you've gotten GarageBand, how many different compositions have you put together in there? Even even just ones that just kind of Maybe it was just like a little idea and went nowhere. But how many different compositions have you put together? Oh, um, so let's see. How long have I been messing with this? Probably about three what, weeks, three, four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. And I've probably done. Well, let's put it this way: I have five that I have saved now, <laughs> <laughs> and probably messed around with uh, another five or six on top of that. Okay. You know that have uh, just gone by the wayside because I was like, oh no, I don't really like that. Now, when you sit down to write. Like how do how do you do it? Do you Where just, do I start? Yeah, do you, do you just like like find like find like a special room, or is it just hey I'm sitting in front of the TV, let me grab some headphones, and what can I do? Usually it's it's it starts out really stupid. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. It starts out with me either like you say watching TV or just maybe doing absolutely nothing, or maybe even working outside or doing something, and I'll just start humming. Yeah, that's just something I do. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I gotta hurry up and get this done because I don't want. And I'll just keep humming the same thing over and over again because I don't want to lose that, you know. So that when I'm done, I hurry up and get cleaned up. And the first thing I grab is the iPad. I'll open up GarageBand and I'll start messing around. And then I start to think, okay, how do I want? How, where do I want this to go? Do I want this to be uh, something in guitar? Do I want this to be a piano? You know, what, where where do I want this to be at? You know, and I start thinking about all that stuff, and I really find myself thinking about things that I've never thought about before when I do that stupid yeah. little humming. You know, it's, that's it's, excellent. It's unreal. And then I'll come in. I'll come in. I'll know I want. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get that melody out of my head and into yeah. GarageBand, and then I decide what tempo do I want it to be. That's and then then okay. I'll lay that. I'll lay that all down first, so I get. So I get that, and right. I'll start messing with everything else. Now, do you um, do you put the melody in there, and then do you adjust the tempo from there, or do you start a new piece with the, with the melody once you've worked it out? I like to start a new piece okay. with the melody once I've worked it out because usually I'm, I'm just uh, I find myself going too many different directions at one time yeah. because I want to do it so bad, yeah. uh, and I have to slow myself down. But once I get the melody worked out and I know where I want to be, then I'll open up a new one. Okay. And I'll start working through it that way. Okay. Because now I know I've got what I want, and I, and I just have to start adding to it the way I want to add to it. And here's why I'm asking these questions. 
the process you just talked about is a process that I hear all kinds of professional musicians talk about all the time where they say that, hey, I'll grab my phone, I'll, I'll hum a melody into it, and then I get home and I fire up Pro Tools, I fire up my big professional DAW, and I start working on the melody. And the whole point of doing this podcast today, because my podcast is all about gear and all those sort of fun things, what sold me on the iPad in general was GarageBand coming to it. And I think there's a lot of musicians who are still on the fence as to how useful an iPad with this little $5 GarageBand app can be. And, I mean, you know, to hear you talk about your process, that's exactly what a lot of people are using these huge studios to do. Now you don't need to. You know, think about if you're a touring band. You know, you're a band who's touring, whether you're a multi-million dollar actor, whether you're, you know, one guy in, in a Honda Civic going from town to town. You get a few minutes, you have an idea in your head, you have a way of capturing it and bringing that to fruition. And you could probably even very viably do backing tracks for yourself if you're like a solo actor or whatever and use it even that night. You could compose in the hotel room and take it out there. You know, and that's where, where I was getting because... I was really hoping you were going to tell me those things <laughs> because of how you were approaching this. And it's been really nice to see you get into this. You know, And I told you before, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you're coming at this as a non-musician. You know? And you are already, and, and one of the things is, as you and I were talking with these, these couple weeks as you were using it, I was watching you go from, okay, I'm a non-musician approaching this to developing a lot of musician-like tendencies that I typically don't see people develop until like years of experience doing this over a few weeks because of the access to the technology that you had. Oh. It, it just makes it easy. It makes it too, it makes it too easy. And you know what, going on what you said, I, I, I understand what you're, what you're, what you're talking about um, from a musician's point of view. You're on the road, you're traveling, mm -hmm. whatever, you get this stupid little thing, you hum it into your phone, then you have to wait till you get back Yep. Right. Well, here you've got it in your head. There's no need to even hum it into the phone now. You slap your headphones into the iPad. You open yep. up GarageBand, and you actually Tap play the, the melody. You play the melody right yeah. there. Now you have it, and you can then work on it. And granted, while you can't maybe can't put all of the instruments in that you want to put in, you get yourself a very very good picture of of what the basis for it is going to be. And like you said. You can then lay down the backing in here, mm -hmm. and then go play it live. You know, two nights later, if you wanted to, or wait until you get back to where you have all your studio equipment, and then finish that shell that you've just created and add everything into it. And who knows what you'll have on your hands at that point? Exactly. I don't even know what I have on my hands right now, but I just know it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I know it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, well, Mike, I tell you what, I do appreciate you coming on the show today. I really do. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up, and thank you very much. Oh, I've had a blast. Thank you. All right, so I want to thank Mike for coming on the show. I really appreciate him um, being a part of the of the show and coming on talking about the iPad. Uh, the two songs you heard before and after the interview were also composed by Mike on the iPad and solely the iPad, just using the instruments that are there. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, the song that you guys heard at the top of this podcast was a song that I call Folk Hero that I composed entirely on the iPad. And um, I'm planning on closing out with a song that I call, I think I just called it Mellow. 
um, that I used do or I composed using the iPad and then recording my guitar parts live into the iPad. Um, so let's talk about the iPad here a little bit. <clears throat> so what got me to finally get an iPad was the advent of GarageBand. Because if there's one thing that I know that Mac does well is Mac is, um, it knows how to support the creative person. And here's what I mean by that, because I know there's always the Mac you know, versus Windows uh, wars, and man, I do not want to get into that sort of thing. But I'll tell you in a nutshell why I switched to Mac. Um, when I was using PC, and I did PC audio for years, I was a reluctant Mac convert. convert. I had no intention of ever switching to Mac um, until a buddy of mine showed me a couple things that were going on as far as on the creative side. But um, every time I would sit down to do something on the PC, it seemed like there was such a high learning curve every time. Troubleshooting issues, so many uninstalls, reinstalls, do this, do that. And what's always um, attracted me on the Mac side is plug it in, go. The microphone that I'm using right now, it's a Shure Meter mic I talked about in the last episode. Um, I literally just plugged in the USB, plugged it into the back of my iMac, made sure Logic was booted up. Logic recognized it automatically, said, do you want to use this? I said yes, and we're using it. That's it. It's that simple. Not half the hoops I had to jump through before um, when I was on the PC side. So that's why I personally switched. I'm not going to say one is better than the other, but I can tell you that for me, Mac is a better choice for me. And that's what led me to the, IO, um, the iOS here on the iPad. So I got an iPad specifically with the idea of trying to replace my laptop and um, making music with it. So some of the things I have set up, they have some great apps for blogging. So I have um, apps set up so I can edit my blog, write articles, and write posts on the go for signal to noise. Um, I have my social media apps as far as Twitter and Facebook so I can make posts and, and those sort of things again on the go. Um, I've got a lot of book apps. Uh, more than I realized because I've been starting to read digital books now. Um, <clears throat> so those are kind of some of the business side. And I found a couple of great business apps that I like that help me manage the podcast in my personal life, like Things. Great to-do list, great for project management. Evernote, if you're not using Evernote, I don't know why. Um, why not, rather? Because it's a great, great um, program. It's a free application. And the best part is it's cross-platform. So it works on your Mac, it works on your PC, it works on your Android device, it works on your iOS device. Um, I think it might even work on a BlackBerry, I'm not sure about that one. But it's a great device, so I can, um, I use it for the show. I will sit down on my home computer, start um, sketching out some ideas for the show where I wanna go with it, jot things out, and then uh, save it. Maybe I'll be on my break at, um, at work or on my lunch, I'll pull up my, my phone, open Evernote, I can start working on some other notes and sketching out some other ideas. When I come home, everything's there. So it's a great free cloud sync um, application, love it. But the meat of this is we wanna talk about music programs. So here's what I have set up on my iPad. I'm just gonna to touch on a couple things. Um, I have two different programs for sheet music. One is called Music Notes, the other one is called Scorch. So Music Notes, I discovered them last year looking for a version of Christmas Cannon Rock by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and they had the most accurate arrangement of anywhere that I could find, and they seemed to also be the only online site that had anything transcribed out. So um, I used them, and then I found out later they came up with this iPad app. So now the sheet music that I bought digitally, which I'm not happy about the prices, like I think they're a great service, but I do think they're overpriced. It was, I think, seven bucks for a digital copy, and I could only print once. Um, I'd like to see those prices come down a little bit, 
However, now with the Music Notes app, I can look at that music digitally on the iPad, make the same notes and things that I would do on a piece of paper, but it's digital so I can undo everything as well. So I love that. Um, Scorch, same sort of thing. I haven't bought a lot of stuff in Scorch yet, but they seem to have a lot of the How Leonard sort of tabs. So for you guitar players out there, um, you know, any of the How, How Leonard Play It Like It Is kind of books, you can buy most of those songs out there for like 99 cents each, and I think even some collections. So that's been a great thing there. And again, so that's just how I can use the iPad as sheet music. So think about how you do sheet music today. How many of you have books and magazines up on your music stands uh, with other books and magazines trying to pry some of those open, or you're trying to hold it open with one hand, or it's across your lap? When you've got the iPad, the iPad just sits up on the stand neatly. A simple swipe to change the pages, works out really well. So right there, it's a big advantage to go to your sheet music digitally over paper. Now, are there certain things I'm always gonna buy in paper? Absolutely, I would probably buy every Kiss book that I ever get in paper, because I wanna have that sort of thing. I want that tangible experience when it comes to Kiss. And I wanna be able to hand it to my son and my daughter later when they say, hey dad, we'd like to learn to play some cool rock songs. And then I'll hand them those books and they'll probably laugh at me. But we'll go through that, um, that, that exercise, if you will, anyway. Um, I also have GarageBand on here, which we'll come back to. Um, I have a Tascam app. They have Make a Little Porta Studio app. So for those of you who grew up with four tracks like I did, you'll find it very nostalgic. It's a great app. There's also Amplitube. So if you've used Amplitube on the on the uh, computer side of things, and again, Am Amplitube's cross-platform. It's Windows and Mac. I use it on my Mac. I used it on my Windows machine before. Um, I love it. I think it's one of the best-sounding... Um, Guitar emulator, guitar amp emulators that's out there. Um, so I, I use that there. So it was a no-brainer for me to buy this for the iPad. So it takes everything you're used to on the PC over to the iPad. But here's what it adds. Um, so you're going to get all the great amp interfaces. You're going to get the great graphics. You're going to get the great sounds. But it adds a trainer. So that means that you can take songs from your iTunes library, from your, your music library on your iPad, load it into Amplitude, and then actually slow it down so you can work out licks. So you're gonna have the great sounds, and let's face it guys, as guitar players, we know if we don't have the sound, we're not gonna have the inspiration either. So you've got the sound, you've got the way of getting the songs you wanna learn in there, slow it down, speed it up, it's gonna keep the inspiration going, it's a great thing. Um, I got a free app from Boss, it's called Pedal Sketch. It's an iPhone app, and Boss, if you're listening, boy, would I love an iPad app for this. Um, what it basically lets you do is take your Boss pedals that you have and create your signal chain for a certain sound. Um, I find this app to be incredibly useful because I have a bunch of Boss pedals, and the main reason I use Boss pedals, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, is they're pretty much indestructible. Dive on them, stomp on them, whatever you want to do to them, they can take it. And that's why I love Boss pedals and that's why I use them. So this pedal sketch is great because now I can find the pedals that I have and then dial in the settings that I have. Um, I've used to, like literally, I would try to draw out all the knobs and label everything and try and draw what the percentages are. Now I can do that visually with this app. So that's a great thing. Um, there's other good stuff that's out there. There's a Guitar World Look of the Day. I have a Gibson app that has a guitar tuner in it. Um, hey Fender, I would love a Fender app because I am a Fender guy. I've been playing Fender um, since I was 13. So if you guys want to make an app, I promise you I will have it on here. Oh, and speaking of that, I do have the Fender collection of uh, amps in the Amplitude app. 
which is amazing. You've got to hear, if you haven't heard the Fender Amplitude amp collection, wow, are those some amazing sounding amps. It's hard to believe it's digital and they're not real amplifiers. Uh, they, sound, they just sound phenomenal, like just dead on stuff. All right, so let's talk about GarageBand. <clears throat> so GarageBand, you heard me and Mike talk about it before, but I want to give you guys just kind of kind of a heads up. So I know there's some people out there who thought this was a bad idea, who didn't like it because of the fact that it is so easy to use, um, and they thought, well, you know what? It's just too it's too simple. There's not enough you can do with it. Well, you've got great things like Smart Instruments. So the Smart Instruments are where I started Mike. Um, I said, hey, here's how you do the smart instruments. It has patterns that'll play for you. So if you pull up a keyboard and touch a chord, it'll go through a pattern on, on a chord, or you can just play the full chord. Same with the bass, same with the drums. Um, when I sit down to, to compose on here, pretty much um, I use the smart drums first every time because it's basically a great drum machine. So for those of you that grew up with like the Boss DR550 drum machine, think that, um, a little less complex and you know on the iPad here. So I start with the smart drums. Um, it's got a great roll the dice feature if you want to just you know make a pattern at random, or you can create your pattern. <coughs> pardon me there, um, however you see fit. So that's a great thing. And then I will typically use like a smart bass. And being that I'm a bass player, you're probably say, well, why is he doing a smart bass? Well, because the smart bass still gives you the ability to play the notes that you want to. You don't have to play their patterns. You don't have to do it. I like the interface with the smart bass. I like the sounds. And um, in the opening track that we heard, that folk hero, that was just me tapping out the bass line and sour notes and all that you hear in that. So smart instruments are a great place to start. Now, like uh, Amplitude and like its um, computer um, big brother here, GarageBand has guitar amps. I love the guitar amps and um, what I really like about it is that to change the amp setting or to change the general amp you're using, just swipe. So if you're playing something you're like, eh, I don't like it, <clears throat> hold the chord, swipe through it. Or if you've recorded it and you're listening to it, you can swipe through the sounds and hear what amp you think sounds better. So it makes it very, very easy. Um, there's also a built-in mic recorder. So you can record off the built-in mic on the iPad or um, my Shure Meteor mic. The main reason I ended up getting this mic is with the USB adapter, the camera kit adapter that uh, they make for the iPad now. I can take that, plug it into my iPad, plug my, um, my Meteor mic in here and actually use the Meteor mic to record directly into the iPad. Um, I do have plans one day to sit down to try and do an entire podcast on just the iPad because I, I really believe it's possible. Um, so those are a few of the things that are out there. Now, you get something like the iRig that Amplitude offers. Uh, it's a $40 interface for your guitar. It works really, really well. Um, of all the ones that I've seen, like PV makes one, and I think Griffin Cables makes one. Um, it's really one of the best for the money that's out there. I tell you, the one that I really like is the one that uh, Apogee makes. It's gorgeous, but it's like 100 bucks more than I'm willing to spend on something to plug into my iPad. Who knows, if this really ends up becoming my main device, maybe I'll, I'll get one, ask for it for Christmas or a birthday or something. Who knows? I don't know. But um, I tell you what, the uh, the $40 iRig interface works really well. It gives you a quarter inch um, input jack for your guitar. It takes it to the eighth inch, uh, the three, three conductors, so you have your mic and your stereo left and right. 
and then it has the headphone out so you can monitor it or take it to a pair of speakers. I've been using that with GarageBand to sit down and compose, um, and it's really, really been a heck of a composition tool. At the top of the show, I had talked about um, doing the National Solo Album Month, and I am planning on trying to sit down to do my compositions using the iPad. One thing that I found that it work, um, you know, I get if I get like a little bit of time here and there, 15 minute break sometimes, uh, I can sit down and work out an idea very quickly, very easily, and then save it, come back to it, and it works out. All right, so that's my spiel on the iOS. Um, again, I don't get paid for any of this stuff, so please don't think that I'm you know trying to advertise a certain product. I really, really like the iPad, and I like using the music tools for it. Um, it's been a great tool for me as a musician, and that's why I'm talking about these things, because I want to make sure other people know and hopefully change some perceptions here. Um, so, that, so that's it. That wraps up the show today. I want to thank Mike again for coming on. Um, he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun, and I really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us about his experience with the iPad. And um, as always, you can check us out online at signaltonoise.fm. Um, you can also hit us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now, facebook.com slash S-G-N-L, the number two N-Z. Yes, I know it's kind of complicated, but it's also my Twitter name, S-G-N-L, the number two N-Z. Um, come join us on Facebook. We are, we're getting more and more people that like us each day. I'm trying to put up some interesting things there. We'll join the conversation, see what we got going on. Um, as always, thank you for listening and make some noise. Did you listen to the signal to noise?